0: My name's Tracy, uh, and this is my story of hope and transformation. I'm a mother, I'm a wife, a teacher, a nurse, and most importantly to me, I'm a daughter of God. I have two amazing adult children and an amazing husband of 28 years. I live locally and teach nurses, care workers, and first aid to anyone who'll listen. In 2002, I made a commitment to follow Jesus, mainly because I was pretty lousy at leading my own life and, and secondly, because the evidence of his life-changing impact on those around me couldn't be ignored. It was the hope stories of others that impacted me the most, not the books, not the research, or people's clever arguments. Hope stories is what made, me the, made the most impact. They were real and they were authentic. That's why I'm so keen to share with you today. I know the impact that stories have. I've never made a better decision. You may have heard terms used around here that relate to a pathway, a hope pathway, friend, explorer. I've lost my way. Here we go. (laughs) New Christian, growing Christian... Jesus-centred and others-focused? Well, I consider myself to be between a growing Christian and being centred on Christ and focused on others. I fluctuate. It's hard and it takes discipline and intentionality. And sometimes I stuff up. For many years, I've hidden away under the label of a new Christian. And I believe this self-imposed identity is a comfortable place to be in. As a new Christian, people in the church would understand when I faltered and, and fell over. As a baby in the faith, it was expected that my loud and sometimes insensitive approach was just me learning. My, Labelling myself as a new Christian was an excuse. Eventually we need to grow up. One day, a little while ago, I spent some time chatting with God and some interesting things happened. For one, thoughts came into my mind that were too weird to be mine, and that takes a very special kind of weird. (laughs) Then one word, work. This slide needs clarification. God didn't speak an audible work into my head when this, when this happened. It was more of an impression, a leading that took me back to when I prayed a prayer earlier in my journey. More than 10 years ago, I sat and listened to a pastor here, tell the congregation to get off our hands. He was talking about serving each other and the church. Oh, I couldn't do that. It took immense effort just to get to church, let alone be part of a team or of serving or or join a small group. I couldn't tithe, I couldn't help the church and I felt powerless to help other people. In desperation, I I later prayed that I could serve. I desperately wanted to work for God My understanding of scripture is that we are each unique, each given a purpose and plenty of skills and abilities that will enable us to complete that purpose within God's time frame. My behaviour and attitude at the time, however, displayed a belief that unless my plans were realised, my requests were met and my time frames adhered to, life was miserable. Well, God's timing is impeccable and even if it means years between the prayer and the answer. So I had a good look at myself and I did some rearranging. I had to readjust my attitude. I had to stop feeling like a victim. I made a decision to change my attitude from that of a consumer to that of a contributor. I decided that I needed to learn to serve. There should be a picture up there. (laughs) This is an excerpt from my journal. I tend to draw and write my feelings down and impressions when I spend time with God in the chair of a morning. The script below says plant your feet and serve where you are today. I became intentional about exploring my gifts I took a shape course. Well, I tried to, but it didn't really fit my work situation because I work full time. So I bought the book online and I did it myself. Well, that was fun. I determined to believe that right now is okay and that God is working to enable me to work for him. So there was a shift of thoughts in my head. It went from when I'm retired, I'll have time to work for God to how can I serve God while I am working? We now have a prayer group in our workplace and that is awesome. He's the best boss ever. I'm learning that service can come in many shapes and forms and that it's not always easy. I always thought serving had to be in a team or in a church building but I serve my family and I serve my students and my workmates. Serving is an attitude putting the needs of others in front of my own. It's quite humbling, really, um, and it reveals how selfish I could be. I have discovered that whilst God's timeframes are different and almost always longer than mine, they're better. God has used the last 10 years to teach me how to serve. I've been part of miracles, of answered prayers, and I haven't even noticed It wasn't until I recently attended the GLS, the Global Leadership Summit, that I remember that little prayer 10 years ago and in a flood I saw all the work that God has done. No more deadlines. So I've decided to grow up and to work for the best boss ever to attempt, like the amazing Apostle Paul, to be content in all situations. Through God's grace... I've been to the Philippines to serve. I have and am still leading a a serving team here at Door of Hope. And I help with the phone calls for the church when I can. I talk with newcomers at the Welcome Lounge. And I still get to serve my beautiful family. What a ride. What an adventure. What a joy. And that's my story so far. Thank
1: you. Well, uh, we thank... uh uh, Daryl for his story this morning. We thank uh, Tracy for her story and for the third and final story here this morning. It gives me great Hello.
2: honor to introduce you to, well, what's your name? Hello, my name is Idrissa Koroma.
1: <laughs>
2: Idrissa Koroma. Koroma,
1: yeah. Kuroma, it's great to have you here. You've been here, you've been worshipping here at Door of Hope for? Two years. Excellent. I've been there for two years. And Idrissa's uh, uh, um, language, uh, English is his second language. It's my
2: second language.
1: Yeah. As, as you'll soon catch, he, he's, he's very clear, so <laughs> he's doing a great job. But uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, Idrissa. Tell us about who you are, who you're married to, if you've had any children, are you working or a student at the moment, things like that.
2: I'm not working presently, but I'm blessed to have a beautiful wife, um, Leah and I have a son, Asha. Um, presently, I'm about to start schooling, and I've been in Australia for quite um, a year and a half now.
1: Mm. Okay, well, where are you from? What's your country? What's your background?
2: How is it that you find yourself living here in Tasmania, <laughs> Australia? I'm from Sierra Leone, a small part of um, um, West Africa. It's one of the smallest countries in West Africa. And God, have used me for the past four to five years as a missionary. And I've devoted myself as a missionary for all that time. And there was a point of time when I feel like I've been helping people all along in my life. And coming out from a very broken family, from a very broken country, and I have my mind going back behind, asking God, why am I helping people? I'm not able to help my own family. You know, this question was very heavy to me, and looking after over 400 people at a time, 150 at a time, and my own people, my own family are back home. It's nothing with them. And it comes to the point where I said, I need to go home. And by then, God directs Leah to me, and we met with Leah. And both of us have this plan to go back home in Sierra Leone, but at that time, there was Ebola in the country, so that what brought me to Australia. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, Sierra Leone
1: to Australia, to a place called Launceston, Tasmania. Launceston, There's yeah. a huge difference. Yep. What are some of the differences, what are the cultural differences that you experience from what you know from your background?
2: Yeah, one of the major differences is the culture. Um, the way we do things in Africa and the way things are happening here, it's a huge difference. and there is no way you can compare that. Yeah, so that's one major thing I would just point out, but everything is different. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sierra Leone, just quickly, Sierra Leone, um, religions, what, what, what's involved? Is Christi- Christianity a um, pretty big thing, or is it- Sierra Leone
2: is a kind of... I don't know which word I'll put that in, but it's a nation that is um, between 60 to 50% both religion you find Christianity, you find Muslims, mostly Muslims and country religion. And because of this percentage, it's very hard for you to just highlight a certain religion. Most, the two religions work together. If it's Christmas you find the whole country like a Christian country. If it's a Muslim holiday, you'll find a whole country like a Muslim country. And this is how we operate.
1: Okay, so it's real working together there. Yeah, they're
2: working together, exactly.
1: There you go. Yeah, that's <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: amazing. Um, you recently returned home for, a, for a, a period of, what, six weeks?
2: Yeah, I was home for six weeks, and it was an amazing thing for me to go home, because I really want to visit my family. But before that, I received an email from a group I used to work with, a missionary group, asked me to join back the mission Thank team I was working with. So I cannot take this opportunity to go home and visit my family and renew my passport. So I went back and see my mom, my dad, my brothers, my four brothers, and come back to Benin, where I helped with um, the ship I was working with, African Master Ships. I worked with them for two weeks. We set up an hospital and a dental clinic, with a high clinic with a health patient. It was a huge job was done in just two weeks.
1: And uh, while you were there, um, your, your return home was delayed? Yeah. Uh, what caused that? You came down with something.
2: Yeah. Um, while I was in Benin, I started feeling some kind of weak, not too strong after the project was done, and my flight was delayed. And that was a miracle for me because that could have been something different. I went to the airport to onboard my flight, and they told us that the flight was canceled. And I went back to the ship, and God was still working and just get me a little bit delay. By the time I was able to book another ticket and get flights sorted out, then I felt sick. But all this happened while I was on the air in the plane, and I have this terrible headache that I never felt before. And I have to report myself to the staff, Said. I'm not feeling too well, I'm not feeling great, so when we get down to South Africa, they get me to the airport clinic and they did a test and they confirmed to me I'm fit to fly and they put me on observation for two hours. During that two hours, I felt the power of God, that God was still with me with all what was going on and I come back to the hospital, I said, no, I'm not good to fly. I can't go anywhere. So they called the ambulance, and the ambulance picked me up, took me to the hospital and do a blood test, and they find that I have malaria. And the malaria they find on me was a quite different malaria. Like, they said it's critical, because malaria, the percentage you normally have for malaria is 5.0, and I was 6.5. So that was really heavy. And that was a point of time when I feel like I'm not able to come on. I'm going to lose my life because I can't walk anymore. I need to be in a wheelchair and being, yeah, I can't even open my eyes well. So getting me to the hospital, and start giving me the treatment. I was there for two days. And the miracle that happened was a very, very important pastor in South Africa just showed up in the hospital straight into my bed. And he started praying for me. And after he prayed, he told me, He said, You're healed. He said, You're healed, you'll be traveled soon. And indeed, God answered that prayer at that moment. Mm. When they did the next test on the following day, it was a surprise result. Mm. It was really surprising. And this pastor came back and it's amazing. He actually volunteered to be my caregiver. He was with me, another patient I me, the relatives are coming to get him to pray for them. And he ended up to be my caregiver, bringing food, bringing fruit for me. And we share a little bit about God, and it was really interesting to see the power of God at that point of time in my life. Mm, because Leah and little Asha were back here, they and were here, they yeah. were
1: without you for six, weeks, for six weeks, and all of a sudden that that six weeks got a little bit longer, and More of course longer, they were here, and yeah. we were certainly praying for you and yeah. with the family at this time. Yeah. And let's, let's, let's talk about your relationship with God just for a yeah. moment.
2: What does God mean to you? Yeah, to me, I always get emotional if I want to talk about God, because if I said something about my story. Those that come from Sierra Leone, we pretty much have the same stories. We come from a broken country, a country that fought the war for um, 11 or 12 years. And there was nothing behind. There was nothing you can even look for. All what you want is to move out, get out from this country. you know. But I was there. Everything goes on. The war was ended. Um, no work, and I volunteered myself to work for my community as a volunteer doing community work. While I was doing this work, God was talking to me. God needed me. And then that's the time I realized that when God wants you for anything He wants you to accomplish in life, He will not leave you for your time to go wasted. He will get rid of you. And from that point of time, God tried to take me out from what I was doing, bring me to a small group that was organizing prayer meetings. That was the first time after the war, God started getting me very close to Him. With these prayer meetings, I was in this huge building like Dorthoop where they have the prayer meeting. Just a month when they finished the prayer meeting, then my ship came in to serve in Sierra Leone. Then I volunteer again to serve with mercy shape. Mm. So while I I was doing this volunteer, I totally denied myself. I give up everything. I denied myself for God. And reading the Bible, I come to this verse, um, Psalm 100, verse 3. And that's one of the most important verses I always put myself into. Psalm 100, verse 3 said, Know the Lord as your God. He made you. We belong to Him, and we are His people. And this verse takes me right away to the center of God to deny myself. And from then, miracles upon miracles. Things have happened a lot in my life. I can't share everything here. But God to me is the priority. Mm. It's the first. It's is the center of my life.
1: So God's always been
2: a part of your a life. Of so why life. the Christian faith? Christian faith, it's something you can deny, unless you never heard about the word Jesus. Mm. And there is a power in the name Jesus. And that's one thing I found very interesting as a missionary. Going out there to do mission work, it's a very unique thing. And you find all these stories about non-Christians. And what you will find is that a lot of these people never heard the word Jesus. Nobody never told them about Jesus. And once you receive Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, there's nothing going to bring doubts in your life anymore Mm -hmm. about Christian faith. And I choose Christian faith, and I belong to a Christian community, and I belong to a Christian home where Jesus has always been there as a center. And I was lucky enough to go through all Christian schools, Christian friendships, all my friends are Christians, and all this have helped to mentor me to get myself connected with the Christian faith.
1: Mm. I guess my final question, invite the team to come and uh, lead us in our final song just at a moment, because we're nearly finished, but just quickly, with, with Jesus at the center of your life, what does a day look like for you when you meet with Him through His Word and through prayer and anything else? What, what, does, it, what does it look like for you, walking with God daily?
2: Walking with God, for me, it's an interesting journey, because He chose me. He chose me, he loved me, he got me very close to his side. And yeah, the way he chose me, and I know I'm going to continue this journey because there's something ahead of me, there's something he wants me to finish. That's why he chose me. I personally encountered Jesus himself in a dream. And he spoke to me. And I have to continue this journey to get to that point where he wants me to be Mm. and my passion for him is to serve others Mm. and that's what he has been doing for the past four years Mm. to serve others Mm.
1: thanks so much for sharing I just wonder if you just wait there just for a moment because I'd love for you to pray for people here this morning And here's where I want to go with this, because I want to ask you the question now, here this morning, as we sit here, as we reflect on these three stories of hope and of transformation, and you reflect on your own story, just for a moment. What does your story look like? What does your story sound like? It may be similar to the stories you've heard up here today. May be completely different. You may have experienced travel, you may have experienced mission work, you may not have experienced anything like that, but you here today, each and every single one of us, have a story of hope and of transformation. And then I ask Brother Idrissa here to pray for each of us here this morning to pray for our stories, to pray that Jesus would be the center of our stories and to lay down our lives here again this morning and to say, it's no longer I who lives, but it's Jesus, it's Christ who lives in me. You may not be prepared to say that or pray that, but I'm wondering if you could listen to that this morning. I'm wondering if you could take that one step closer, what we call here at Door of Hope, along the hope pathway. So you may be exploring the Christian faith here this morning. You may be watching online and listening to us here this morning and maybe even in your own room or lounge room, wherever you may be listening to us here this morning via podcast. You may want to participate in this prayer. There's certainly no pressure to do that. But here's an opportunity before we step outside these doors here this morning to give you an opportunity to bow your head and to say with all your heart this morning that Jesus would be the center of your heart and of your life from this day on. You might want to recommit your life here this morning to the one who first gave his life to you. So this morning i ask you again what is your story no i don't have a story yes you do we all have a story and maybe it's a story of hope and transformation because here at door of hope we have this vision what we call 2020 vision and it's it's out there but we believe a god who is able to bring hope and transformation through his one and only son to you. And we're believing for a thousand stories of hope and transformation by the year 2020. We're not just talking about numbers. No, we're talking about real life changing stories of hope and of transformation. To move along our hope pathway, becoming a friend, to exploring the faith, to saying yes to Jesus for what he has done for you and for me and moving along that pathway to becoming what we say here at Door of Hope Jesus centred and others focused but guess what we don't have to do that alone we do that together in community and that's the great thing about being here as a part of the church and so how about we pray and allow Idrissa to pray for us this morning and maybe for those who commit their lives to Jesus this morning or recommit their lives and and to think about our stories of hope and of transformation. Idrissa, whatever God lays upon your heart this morning, let's pray for these people.
2: Um, Before I pray, I just want us to think about um, God in a way that God wants us to know about Him. And that's one thing that God really wants us to know. He wants us to really know about Him. Mm. It's very easy. You can't do anything if you don't know anything about that thing. You can follow God when you don't know about God. God really wants us to know about Him. He wants us to have that spiritual wisdom. And the spiritual wisdom is a guidance to God. And that's what God wants us to know. We have to know who is God. We have to know what He wants. We have to know how to worship Him it's a command for us to know him so please anytime we pray let's pray for spiritual wisdom Mm. so we can know god better let us pray heavenly father we thank you we thank you for being an holy god Mm. and we thank you because you are near god we pray that you use us for your will and you allow your will to be done in our life God we want you to use us for your glory and Father we pray that give us the desire not to do what we want but to do what you want us to do Lord we want invite you in our life God we invite you right now to take over to be in any part in anything we do Father be ahead of us in any plan in any activity speak to us directly Give us that confidence that you want to have in you, Father. Lord Jesus, we pray today. We recommit ourselves today mm. for better stories. We recommit ourselves to the Lord, that you change the way we think. You change the way we do things. And you give us that confidence to depend on you so that we can have life transformation stories stories that we're able to testify you, stories that we're able to tell people how good you are, stories that we're able to make the whole world know that you are Lord, you are God, and you are bigger than what we expect. Lord, we thank you for your glory. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your love that you give to us. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. To God be all the glory. Let's thank Mr. Idrissa Karoma. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Steve. Thank you.